Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going over there? It's going good, how's it going for you? Going good, going good, yeah. Um, it's interesting because it's Sunday night of course when we usually record these episodes uh, and I have the next two days off of work because apparently, uh, at least here in the UK, it's going to be too hot to do certain things. Uh, we were told on Friday by mm-hmm. the head teacher, obviously who runs the school, um, not to come in on Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah, and obviously we do, like, cleaning work, so it's manual labour, kind of, um, and apparently it would be too hot to work, which is, it was already kind of hot, but yeah, got the next two days off of work, which will be good. Um, but we're back on Wednesday for some reason, even though we break up, you know, like, schools have a um, summer, big, like, summer break, so we mm-hmm. break up, we break up for that on Friday, so the upcoming, would it be, 22nd? So we've got three days left, basically, which is interesting. Um, what's the weather like over where you are at the moment? And we just finished. Uh, yeah, we just finished with our big heat wave over here. Um, we had a stretch of days to where it was in the upper 90s. Um, so if you're used to the Celsius, think uh, 35 plus five, oh. six straight days days in a row. So that yeah. wasn't a whole lot of fun. Hmm. Uh, now we're finally getting rain. We haven't had hardly any rain the last two months and now we've had rain a couple of days so that's helped cool things down a bit okay okay uh cool what have you been playing roughly in the last week or so well i actually got back into a graveyard keeper um yeah i know you're not on your xbox a lot but when you boot up your xbox one of the uh, one of the uh, metro panels that pops up will just do like random achievements that you're close to hmm and one of them yeah, popped up, yeah. Graveyard Keeper. I was like, yeah, I remember that game. I had a ton of fun with that. So I went and looked at it in uh, Game Pass, and it had actually left Game Pass. Uh, so I pulled it up in the store, and it was half off on sale. So I'm like, sold, done. Uh, redownloaded that, started from scratch. I've been playing a lot of it, actually. It's one of those games that you can just start playing it, and then you look up, and it's seven hours later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. uh, it's definitely you need like a um, a laptop with you because a lot of the things like with a lot of the crafting, um, especially with like potions and potion components and whatnot, is there is no like guide to make this that or the other. So you have to you either do it randomly by chance and accidentally create the stuff, or you just go online and get the recipes. Hmm. Okay. Okay, uh, good to hear you got back into that. I know you really did enjoy that when you played it before. So, um, I was going to make a recommendation to you, by the way. I just remembered, actually. Have you played a game called Valiant Hearts? Valiant Hearts or Valiant? Because I, I know those are two separate games. Okay, what well, one of them is like a war 2D story. I think it was from Ubisoft. I have not heard of that game, actually. Let me look that up while you're talking okay. about it. That, that was kind of... Um, it's this 2D sort of side-scroller thing, and you go through... I played it a couple of years ago. I think it was in a package at some point with Child of Light, if you remember that game from Ubisoft, which I never actually finished. Um, but, yeah, it was really... For some reason, I, I, was try, I was sort of thinking the other day, like, because you've been saying about you've been looking for stuff to play, and I was trying to think of things that are that I know are at least on Xbox, uh, even though you have a PS4, but uh, I was trying to think for things for your Series X... Um, and I remembered, like, because we talk about like hidden gems and stuff, like, because Graveyard Keeper was kind of that for you, wasn't it? 
Mm. Um, this kind of game that came out of nowhere. So I, I was thinking of Valiant Hearts uh, at the time. Um, but it should be should be still knocking around. I, I think it was a Games with Gold back when Games with Gold was actually worth. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Gold for. I've seen like images of this game. <laughs> I never played it, and I honestly couldn't give you a reason why. I okay. just never got never had a chance to play it. Okay, it's because if you've been pl- if you've been claiming games with gold games for a couple of years, it mm-hmm. should. I think it was one of those. I'm sure um, I have at some point. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's one for you to uh, maybe have a look at if you'd if you'd like to. Uh, it's kind of short, simple, but um, pretty well written and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, uh, for me, uh, in terms of things I've been playing, um, I decided to put Dying Light Two down again. <laughs> I was just playing it, and I was like, I think I've started and stopped this too much. And I've already kind of... Because it's a Game of the Year contender, because it came out this year. Well, it won't be my Game of the Year. But um, it's a Game of the Year contender. It's it's one that's sort of, like, eligible for the list, right? And mm-hmm. what, I, what I've been trying to do since I finished Toy Story 2 and I finished Siphon Filter was like, okay, for the rest of the year, I'm going to c- try and focus on new games so that I have... A, a good list for the rest of the year for game of the year list lake is eligible for that or the lake is eligible for that so is dying light 2 and i got back to it and i i just i just couldn't get in into it I, I looked up and i had like nine missions left and i thought okay i've already decided this probably won't be on my game of the year list so i'm going to kind of move on from that right mm-hmm. um and I thought, okay, when we get into... Because there will at some point be a quieter time. Usually around that winter, Christmas, sort of January. When that period comes up, that's when I'll jump back into it. Um, I also tried to play uh, more of the lake. And I couldn't get into that either. For, for whatever particular reason. Um, I just I was looking at my boomerang list. And I was like, okay, I want to play Kirby. I want to play like the quarry. Uh, there's all these other kind of games that are on there, like Switch Sports as well. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of in the mood to get to some more of those. So I just I just sent the games back that I had, and I just want to kind of start on something fresh, like a Kirby or something. So that's an update for for that. Um, other things, played some COD. That's been quite fun, as, as it usually kind of has. Uh, but that's pretty much me. I wanted to give an update, by the way. Um, I know it's not game specific, but it's TV shows based off of games. I want to talk about Resident Evil, and I want to talk about Halo. Because Halo, we're into episode 6 now here in the UK. To put it very simply, and I'm I'm going to plan to do a bigger season review on this. Probably spoiler free, because there isn't really any spoilers that are worth talking about. At least at the moment, there's still like a chunk of episodes left. When says so that this is the Halo TV show on Paramount Plus, it's the only one that's actually out there that's for Halo. When the show is doing its third person, like filmed action, and you got the uh, co- not the coalition, the uh, covenant and all that, like the alien race that they're fighting against, the show is fantastic when it's doing its action. The mistake that this show's made. Is because when you're playing through the, through the games and you've got your occasional third person cutscene, you've got m- all of the game obviously is a first person shooter, and the design of Master Chief across the games is for him to be kind of monotone and very sort of like minimal responses. But you know that you know that there's a person in there, but like you know his his emotions have been 
dampened because it's sort of supposed to be like you're a soldier who doesn't show emotions and you get the job done that's kind of master chief right the show has kind of twisted that around where um he this is a very small spoiler for like early on in the show he cuts out his um there's this like device in all the spartans bodies i don't know if we knew this from the games i can't remember but um he cuts that out and he takes his helmet off like all the time like constantly the, the only time he has his helmet on really is for action scenes other than that he's in his still still in his suit but he's got his helmet off and what the show's trying to do is like hey we're gonna take out the like emotion dampeners so he's like you know full of more emotion so he can give you know bigger sort of dialogue pieces and all this sort of stuff so we can try and get into master chief's character to to john right but it just doesn't it's just irritating um there's other characters in the show that are pretty good um it's not a terrible show it's just that there's a very core mistake that they've made of like we're gonna try and make more of a character out of john give him more dialogue and stuff and try to sort of dig into his character and also take off his helmet. But the thing is, when you look at something like the Mandalorian, right, who rarely takes his helmet off, I know Boba Fett does in the book of Boba Fett, that was a mistake as well. There's a, there's got to be a certain idea. When, when you look at these, like I call them, masked heroes, right, when you look at the Mandalorian, there's supposed to be a mystery and a sort of mystique to the character. Like when the Mandalorian in the show has got his helmet on and he's giving like limited emotions but he's still speaking you can tell that like there's there's like a mystery to the character and that would have been and, and that's kind of what the games do for halo it would have been so much better if they just stuck to that but i suppose you know they got pablo schreiber and they want to i don't know show his face or whatever um even though in the mandalorian you got pedro pascal who's like a big actor and the show could take advantage of like showing his face more but it's supposed to be more of like a special thing um, have you seen any of the like Halo show at all? Or have you heard about any of the sort of like him constantly I've taking heard his helmet of off? It. I have no interest in it, but I have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you heard about like other people saying about him taking his helmet off and stuff? Because no, no, big, I mean, uh... I, I kind of checked out of it just because it became very clear that this was a show about Halo, written by people that don't care about Halo, produced by people that don't know anything about Halo. And it wasn't going to center around the Master Chief so much as all the other people. And he was going to kind of be like a like an insert character. And I was just like, yeah, that's a recipe for suck. I think I'm just going to pass. Yeah. yeah. I remember that news came out about like he's going to be, be, be a bit of a side character. He's not. Um, it's just, it, it's interesting because they make the correct choice of making him the front and center character. Because he is. But the character development and the way they've done it is just not a good idea. Like, the whole remove the helmet, make more of a character sort of thing. They should have just taken the formula from The Mandalorian and the actual games and just done more of the mystery kind of thing. Or, almost a sort of like you look at him and you think there's a there's a guy under there, there's a personality, let's like slowly try and work it out. Instead of like... Which epi- is ironic considering the first season of The Mandalorian is just a, a Star Wars version of Lone Wolf and Cub, so... Mm, yeah. Um, but it's like, no, first episode he takes his helmet off, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and that Resident Evil show, mm-hmm. which is on Netflix, for those of you who don't know. <sighs> Resident Evil's one that I have looked at for a while, like a long, long, long time, and I've thought, this franchise just needs a completely clean reboot. 
Um, this show is awful. I got half an hour into the pilot episode, and I, I, I just could, I couldn't do it anymore. And when when you look at, because this again is the same issue of like, okay, do these do these people, who, the showrunners show or writers, do they actually know what Resident Evil is about? Because you got you got zombies, you got the Umbrella, is it Umbrella Core? I almost said Umbrella, Umbre- yeah, yeah, I almost said Umbrella Academy, but that's a Netflix show. Uh, you got the Umbrella Core, and you've got uh, Albert Wesker, and that that's that's pretty much it. Now, when you think of Resident Evil, when we all think of Resident Evil, we think of adult characters who are in a perilous situation in Raccoon City who are trying to survive. The furthest thing from that that you could do is introduce two teenage characters and have teenage angst and teenage drama, which is what the show does. And because what the show's trying to what the show tries to do, right, is you've got two timelines in the show. You've got twenty twenty two. Which is um, New Raccoon City uh, back in the past, right? That's trying to tell like a backstory. Then you've got Raccoon City, I think it's 2036, which is technically like present present time. Which is when you've got like the slightly older version of the main character. And like everything's gone to hell. You know, the zombies are all out and about and all that kind of stuff. And f- first of all as well, there's a, there's a uh, set piece in the first 20 minutes where the main character should have died. Um, and they didn't, so that was <laughs> kind of in there. Um, but no, they decide to play the card of, hey, we're going to have two teenage characters, well, one of which is the main character, but like the younger version of her, right, when she's in Raccoon City. She's with her dad, who is Albert Wesker, um, played by Lance Riddick, who's carrying the show on his back, right? Poor Lance, is it, is it Lance Riddick? Um, yeah, he, he's he's carrying the show on his back because he's clearly like the standout here, right? And this main character's got a sister, they're going to school, and teenage drama ensues. And it's like, okay, this isn't Riverdale, you know, or some... not. This is, like, it's supposed to be Resident... I don't know why a writer or a showrunner would go, hey, let's make a Resident Evil show. Cool. We've got zombies, and, like, you do survival stuff with zombies. And then someone suggested, like, let's put teen angst and drama into the show. It's like what? That's the that's that's like the last thing that you should be thinking about. Um, so I don't know. Have you have you heard like about this? I know people have kind of said they've been disappointed. Have you? What have you heard about the show? Honestly, I haven't heard a whole lot. I canceled my Netflix back in February just because I realized I was barely ever watching it. Uh-huh. All the shows that they were putting on it were complete crap. It was really just kind of a waste of my money. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but no, that's that's Resident Evil, and that was only the first half an hour. And I, I, I'm really enjoying Umbrella Academy. I'm not going back to Resident Evil. There's no reason for me to. Um, I've got shows to watch on Disney Plus as well, like Atlanta and Baymax and Love Victor season three. So I've got shows that I care more about. But you know, I thought, hey, I'll give this show at least. I'll, I'll at least try to dip my toe in, right? And I just want to, you know, I heard just because you hear bad things about something, it doesn't mean that you're going to think the same thing, right? So. I thought, you know, I'll press play and just see how far I can get. And it was the first half an hour of the first episode. So, yeah, uh, there we go. Um, all right, that's everything we've been playing and I guess watching related to games and stuff. I just wanted to give an update of my impressions impressions of uh, those shows. See, at least with Halo, at least when it does its action scenes, it's very entertaining. There's nothing entertaining about that Resident Evil episode. So, there we go. 
Anyway, that's it for that. Uh, let's talk about uh, Manscaped. At the moment, we are currently sponsored by Manscaped. They are, of course, uh, men's a men's grooming service where you can go and buy, buy various different men's grooming products. Uh, you can either have a browse of their website itself. There's a few different sort of packages and things that you can go and buy that's got like different different sets of items which might be more tailored to what you want to buy. Uh, they sent me, of course, a free uh, package and stuff so that I could test out some items and tell you about them. Uh, some of those are certain different deodorants, which are really good. There's also uh, a razor, uh, raisin and things which are really, really good as well. Uh, you've got one device that does your uh, nose hair trimming and ear hair trimming as well. So you kind of get that all in one sort of thing. Um, really, really well made products, uh, everything like that. Packaging's really great. Nothing's going to arrive sort of broken or ripped or damaged. Uh, very f sort of professional across the board. So whether it's the packaging or the items themselves, really, really well made. Uh, and if you're thinking, hey, you know, I have to go go over to Manscaped, Matt's suggesting I do that, and I'm going to have to buy some items. Uh, we've got a good deal going with Manscaped at the moment, so if you go on their website, which you don't even have to type in Manscaped, by the way, you can look in the link in your show notes, and you click on the Manscaped link, it's just at the near the top of the page, it will tell you the promo code and everything. Uh, that promo code is, of course, ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K. UK and that will get you 20% off your order and that nice free shipping as well uh, so you can get that going with that as well um, but yeah if you if you look in the link in your show notes click on the Manscaped link to have a browse of their products uh, you can have a good look at them and all that sort of thing pick what you want whether it's to treat yourself or somebody else whatever the occasion may be uh, you know it's summer now it's very hot so if you want to get yourself freshened up for the summer now's a great time to do that and use our promo code ETALKUK 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped uh, and if, if you are doing your Manscaped stuff later and you're thinking hey I don't know what that promo code is you don't have to listen to the podcast uh, it's written in your show notes as well so you can just go from it from there uh, but thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast and thank you very much for listening now let's do some housekeeping and then go into the news see you for that in a minute Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcast and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice.
Thank you very much for supporting us, and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, speaking of Netflix and Resident Evil, but not Resident Evil specific, uh, I did a podcast earlier today which was called uh, Netflix Has an IP Problem. Taking a look at specific, uh, specifically the IP, regardless of how good the content actually is, it was just taking a look at what Netflix, what content Netflix can actually make, what shows they've got going on, other than like Umbrella Academy, Stranger Things and The Witcher, and also taking a look at what everybody else is making, so HBO, Warner Brothers, Paramount+, Plus, Disney, Apple, all of them, and just taking a look at sort of like the IP that everyone's got as compared to Netflix, and talking about Netflix's IP problem that's intellectual property for those of you that don't know so that's taking a look at all of that uh miss marvel's now finished its first season over on disney plus i gave it a must-see rating thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that if you've not seen all six episodes for miss marvel you can listen to the first half of that episode which is spoiler free i'll give you very very clear spoiler warnings and all that sort of stuff that's that's miss marvel uh, over on disney plus must-see rating for season one um, and she'll be coming back in uh, the Marvels, I believe, next year. So look out for that as well. Uh, Better Call Saul still con- still continuing. It's come back for its final six episodes of season six, which are the last six episodes of the whole show. Uh, David's not back from Polar Day yet, so I uh, gave the episode uh, solar coverage. It's season six, episode eight. There's thirteen for the season, uh, so that's Better Call Saul, which is back. Um, so how that should be working is Better Call Saul podcast going to be this Tuesday. And I believe David is back this week, but then next week um, he'll be returning. So the show will move back to a Thursday. So just keep that in mind. So that's for Better Call Soul. Also Westworld, uh, David isn't able to join me on that podcast for the same reason. That one I've been switching over to Mondays as opposed to Wednesday. Uh, so Westworld's up to season four, episode three. But probably by the time you hear this, which will maybe be Monday, there will be another episode out. So there'll be another podcast tomorrow. That will be for season four, episode four. But currently up to season four episode three over on the gaming talk podcast last week we talked about god of war getting a release date rockstar and an update for grand theft auto and red dead redemption uh forspoken has got delayed as well and we also talked about unreal engine 5 the matrix demo being delisted from the playstation store i went to see thor love and thunder absolutely loved it i gave it a must-see rating again with our ratings like that uh that is uh first half is of that is spoiler free so you can check that out that's for thor love and thunder uh, Discovering Star Trek, I brought back the podcast because I'd finished watching Star Trek Discovery Season 4. That is a spoiler, more spo- sort of spoiler-focused podcast. That's a spoilery sort of review for the entire four season. It got released a bit differently this time, but it should be back to normal for Season 5. But that's it for the moment for Star Trek Discovery Season 4. Uh, speaking of Netflix content as well, but sort of much smaller stuff, uh, a show called Man vs. B came out, and it's uh, Rowan Atkinson against the B. He is doing, like, house... Uh, sitting and that sort of stuff he's looking after a dog his character in the show uh gave that a must see rating i thoroughly thoroughly actually quite enjoyed that as well again first half of that one is spoiler free uh, there's a lot more depth in there than when you, what you might expect as well so that was really good uh the boys has wrapped up for its third season of course renewed for a fourth but that's up to season three episode eight and you can listen to my coverage for the finale so that is that and that's everything we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's move into some news
Right, so, um, Metal Gear Solid, which is a franchise, um, Metal Gear, which is the previous old version of the game, um, which came out before Metal Gear Solid 1, uh, has got its, has had its 35th anniversary, this was on the, what's the date here, the 13th of July, so it's just, uh, we're on the 17th now, it's just gone past that, so last week, um, so Konami has decided to do something to celebrate, which is good. Uh, so here's what they've decided to do. So Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 HD versions are returning soon to, it says platforms. We've got a list of which games are returning to which platforms in a minute. It says here, this is Konami's celebration of Metal Gear. So not Metal Gear Solid, but Metal Gear, which is a bit of a different game, which I suppose was like a prequel sort of thing, maybe. Uh, to celebrate that game's 35th anniversary. Uh, Konami stated that it is preparing. So they're not available yet. They're preparing to bring them back. So it says Konami stated that it is preparing. To reinstate Metal Gear titles. That had been previously delisted. Uh, from digital stores. Of course you can go and buy these games on PlayStation. If you buy the disc versions. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. But this is of course because of licenses. Uh, for the digital store versions. Uh, this is today, so when the 13th was was uh, coming around. Uh, today marks the 35th anniversary of the Metal Gear, uh, of the original Metal Gear. And the official Japanese Metal Gear Twitter account posted a tweet celebrating the occasion. However, uh, awkwardly fans still can't play in many of the series entries on modern consoles. Due to having them pulled from storefronts last year. Konami said on Wednesday the games would return soon so they didn't actually give a date they just said some point soon this comes to us by the way from vgc which is video games chronicle which we've used a few times on these podcasts uh, the metal gear series launched on 13th of july 1987 uh, to celebrate its uh, 35th anniversary today the tweet reads we are preparing to resume the sales of titles that had been temporarily suspended um the statement likely uh specifically relates to Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 which had to be removed from sale in November 2021 so the November just gone because according to Konami some of the real life archive footage used in them had been licensed and those licenses were now expired interesting and it says quote we are currently working on renewing the licenses for select historical archive footage used in game therefore we have temporarily uh, made the temporary decision to begin suspending sales of Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 um, and all products that include these games from digital storefronts glo- globally starting November 8th, 2021. A statement at the time, radical that was what, 7-8 months ago? Uh, actually 9 months ago. Uh, we sincerely ask for your patience and understanding as we work towards making these products available for purchase once again. Uh, the full list... Uh, of games have been temporarily that have been temporarily moved from the sale. This is and are presumably the ones um, being referred to in Konami's new tweet are as follows. So these are all the versions of the game: Metal Gear Solid 2: Sons of Liberty HD PS3, Metal Gear Solid 3: uh, Snake Eater HD Edition PS3, Metal Gear Solid. So I assume that's Metal Gear Solid 1 HD Edition PS3, Metal Gear Solid 2: Sons of Liberty HD uh, Vita, Metal Gear Solid 3. HD Vita, Metal Gear Solid 1 HD uh, Vita. Then it says Metal Gear Solid HD Collection PlayStation Now, which would be a bit different because we've uh, 
changed to PS Plus. Metal Gear Solid HD 2 and 3 on the Xbox 360. Metal Gear Solid uh, Snake Eater 3D on the 3DS. Then it says Metal Gear Solid 2 HD for Shield TV, NVIDIA Shield. I don't... I sort of vaguely remember that, but not much. Do, do you remember NVIDIA Shield much? Shield, uh... Yeah, I vaguely just remember the NVIDIA. I just never used it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Something that's kind of gone by the wayside, I suppose. So Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 for those versions, basically, for the NVIDIA Shield. Uh, then it says, further reading, Metal Gear Solid games are being pulled from digital stores, uh, which obviously we've spoken about here. Um... <coughs> Konami claims the removal is due to expired licenses which will be renewed. The news does not appear to be related to VGC's report in August that Chinese studio Virtuous is working on a new version of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. That was like the remaster rumours that we've had for a long, long time. That was almost about a year ago. In addition to the Metal Gear Solid 3 project, Konami is intended to release the... Remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games for modern consoles, we were told last year. And that is the end of that story. Um, so 35th anniversary. This isn't, I mean, this isn't, I mean, it, it, it's sunk pretty low to the point where, like, should we be grateful that they aren't selling NFTs? Because I think it was last year or the year before. It was either a Castlevania Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill anniversary. I think it was for Castlevania. I can't remember the exact specific thing. But it was one of those three franchises in the last two years. Had one of its anniversaries. And they were selling NFTs. And I think they also announced a new Pachinko machine or something like that. So this is to celebrate an anniversary. The odd thing here. I mean it's Konami so it's weird and odd and stupid anyway. You couldn't really consider this like a celebration because you're not getting anything new here, right? You're getting a re- they're reinstating games that were removed before because of archive footage or some sort of whatever that occasion is. So, again, it's not NFTs, which is good, but we shouldn't really expect it to be NFTs. It's not a new game, not a remaster, nothing like that. It's just simply... Hey, the games that were available before that we had to take off because of archive, copyright, license, whatever. We are reinstating those games. It's good that those games are going back. They didn't actually give a date for those. And it would have been cool, I suppose, if like... Hey, these have been reinstated today for the actual date of the anniversary. Uh, Didn't give us a date. It's very vague as to when that's going to happen. If it actually does. I mean, this could be a lie. Like, you never it's Konami, you know, so... Um, what do you make of this, uh, let's call it an odd celebration of, because there's, there's nothing sort of specifically bad here, right? Like, the, the, nobody's, like, getting fired or something, or, like, there's no NFTs or whatever, like, this is just kind of restoring what used to be there, but it's not a celebration. Uh, but what do you make of the, the details here, Robert? Yeah, well, first, I mean, this is what we were talking about either last week or the week before with Danger, with, uh digital licenses is that somebody yeah. can just snap their fingers and poof, it's gone. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that they're bringing it back. I can understand it would probably be, I'm guessing there has to be like some sort of music license. Um, generally IP licenses don't expire unless something really stupid happens. Right. Um, 
and even then there's always a way to get him back it's just it's like um like last year for mother's day uh the american baseball uh, team the san diego padres uh changed their twitter name to the madres you know for mother's day Uh but they didn't secure at padres on the account and then somebody else was just like yoink mine um obviously he gave it back but that was just kind of a thing um, you're probably not even old enough to remember this, but back when the internet first started blowing up, there was uh, this whole thing called uh, uh, digital. Uh, what was the term they used? Uh, there's like some term where you uh, take something with the intent of never using it, but like selling it for a big profit. Mm-hmm. So like websites with like sports celebrity names, people were registering them left, right, and center. Because they made it really cheap to, it was like ten bucks to register a website name. Uh-huh. So you would, people were like registering like Michael Jordan or you know Larry Bird or whatnot and the other, and then they were just like going to these services like, hey, you want this as your website? Give me a bunch of money. Um, that was a weird tangent. Sorry. Mm. Um, and back on point. More than likely, it would have been a music license, um, and those those expire all the time. We see those all the time in news articles of this game had to get delisted because this band no longer has the rights to this music and this contract is no longer valid. So the whole thing's gone. Um, and that's just, it, it's not a fun reality of video games. It's just the reality that we're in. So we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a weird part here is like, okay, this is, this is good news that you, have the intention to restore the games but that's not like i don't know it's a bit like um let's say you're a husband and wife or something right and you decide to borrow someone's i'm trying to use a completely random example you decide to like borrow someone's coat or something and then next week is your 35th wedding anniversary and you give the coat back and it's like okay it's great that you've given the coat back and it's been restored into that person's wardrobe or wherever but you've not actually given them something right if this was to say like um uh what what could you do if this was to say like hey we've restored metal gear solid 2 and 3 versions and the the first one as well because that's mentioned here to the playstation store if they had said something like and these are playable on series x and ps5 then it would have been like oh okay okay that's that's not a new game it's not a remaster but it's (laughs) all you're doing is putting back something that, that that had gone missing um for an anniversary celebration it's very strange so but that's Konami. I mean, it's far, it's far from the worst thing that they've done. I mean, this isn't even specifically a bad thing. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. That's what you did for the anniversary. All right. We'll, we'll see what you do next year. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, let's move on from that. And uh, it, it's... But it, it's so strange that, like, certain people think and trust Konami to do, like, remasters, like, actual full, you know, like, Crash Bandicoot-style remasters of these old games and as great as that would be like a remaster of Metal Gear Solid 1 for the Xbox Series X and PS5 that would be brilliant Uh, that would actually be something to celebrate Um, and if they said that that would like be great but do we actually trust this company to to even do that or would there be something like Sly involved with that as well I don't know 
So, because correct me if I'm wrong, I remember there was a thing at the time <coughs> where Metal Gear Solid, where Metal Gear Survive came out, and you had a save slot that you could use, but to use other save slots, um, you had to pay like ten dollars or ten pounds for a new for one of the other save slots. It's like really, like like yeah, it's just they're a very strange company. So. Here we go. Uh, anyway, let's move on to PS Plus July updates. This isn't this isn't for the uh, essential games, which we know are is it Crash Bandicoot and Man of Maiden or something this month? I think that's what we uh, have got for this month. So this is a game catalog uh, update for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium members. I don't know if we'll do this every single month, but I just thought this would be a first interesting one to do. Um, so also available on July nineteenth are. Uh, so July 19th is upcoming Tuesday. Uh, Stray is coming out. Stray is going to be available probably to buy separately. Uh, you can't currently pre-order it. I have actually had a look. Uh, but Stray, which is the course of the game, uh, it's got a description here. Uh, lost and alone, separated from family, a stray cat must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long-forgotten cyber city and find the way home. Um, stray is a third-person uh, cat action-adventure Game set amidst uh, the detailed neon lit alleys of a decaying cyber city and the murky environments of its seedy underbelly. Uh, see the world through the lens. See the world through the eyes of a stray, and interact with the environment in playful ways uh, as this lost feline adventure untangles um, an ancient mystery to escape and find a way home. That is available July nineteenth on PS4 and PS5 for extra and premium members uh robert i'm definitely going to be playing this on tuesday i'm looking forward to it um we've seen this game before uh what do you make of stray coming out on tuesday sorry my mic shut off for some reason uh yeah i think it's a it's an interesting game i don't know how well it'll play um i wasn't gonna bring this up it was one of the things that i saw that was like cool and then forgot about it but then you mentioned this game they're actually selling a branded cat carrier for the game stray um, I don't know if you've seen those cat carriers. It's basically just a backpack uh-huh. with a giant bubble window for the cat to look out of. Huh. Um, it's that, but fairly large, actually. This is like almost like a rucksack size backpack. And it's got all the, the neon colors of the game, the, the pink and the blue and the yellow. And it's got the branding Stray on it. Um, so it's cool looking. Um, it's not $185 cool, but it's cool. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Stray's coming out on Tuesday, that's one of them. Uh, then Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate, I think that comes with certain DLC. Uh, it says the expanded version of Final Fantasy VII Remake has been enhanced for PS5, offering extra immersion with the DualSense controller, that has me interested. Uh, improved visuals, of course, and comes with bundled uh, episode intermission, again I think this comes with DLC, um, and then you know you get the, the cool story. Um, then it says Final Fantasy 7 Remake is also available as part of this month's game catalogue for PS4 owners as well. So I think the DLC version specifically is for PS5 owners and the normal version is available for PS4 owners still. Um, kind of interested, it says extra immersion with the DualSense controller. So are they going to do some haptic feedback stuff? Uh, that'll be interesting. Then Avengers, I don't need to explain what the Avengers are, Um, of course the third person action game that they've got, Um, it's still getting updates, 
by the way. They're going to be adding... I've heard some stuff that they're going to be adding Mighty Thor, which obviously is uh, Jane from Thor Love and Thunder. Um, they're going to add... I heard something that they're going to add Bucky, and they're going to add She-Hulk as well. Um, so we'll see how those play out and what sort of stories you get from that. But they're still cranking along with that game. Uh, one day I will finish the story for that and then try like the War for Wakanda stuff as well, which is the Black Panther storyline. Then they've gone all out with Assassin's Creed. You've got Assassin's Creed Unity for PS4, Assassin's Creed Blackfire for PS4, uh, Rogue Remastered, Freedom Cry, which I don't think I've ever played before. And then Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, which are the actual best games uh, Unity, Black Flag, Rogue. I don't think any of the bad ones are in there. Unity's not great. Um, I think they did patch that sometime after. Black Flag has been obviously quite praised. Uh, Rogue Remastered is the one... The, Rogue Remastered is the only one left that I haven't played that I actually want to. Because it's actually involved with the main Desmond story. Because I think you play as his grandfather. Um... Which is, uh, Edward, I think, anyway. Uh, that's Rogue Remastered for PS4. Uh, Freedom Cry, I think Freedom Cry is, you play as, um, uh, the, the co-captain that you have on the ship in Black Flag, I think it's that character's story, I can't remember, I can't remember those characters' names, it's been like, a long time. Then the Ezio Collection, the annoying thing with the Ezio Collection, which sort of makes sense, but, so Assassin's Creed 1 is Altair, Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and... What's the other one called? Um, Revelations. The Ezio games. So the Ezio collection is 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations. Which are some of the best Assassin's Creed games. But you kind of need to play Assassin's Creed 1 as well. I know that's not technically part of the Ezio collection. Because Ezio isn't in the first game. Um, but yeah, it would be good if they made... Because I don't think Assassin's... I think Assassin's Creed 1 is the only one that's not available on PS4. I don't know why, but... Uh, you can get, like, all of the other ones. Even the Chronicles games as well you can still get. Uh, then you've got things like uh, Saints Row 4, uh, Saints Row Get Out of Hell, um, Spirit of the North, Ice Age, Scratty's Naughty Adventure, Jumanji the Video Game, Paw Patrol of Roll, Ready Set Heroes, and then... So those are the, like, PS4, PS5 games. Then it says, Classic Catalogue Lineup for PlayStation Plus members. No Heroes Allowed, which is a PSP game. And Loco Roco Midnight Carnival. I have, I I think I played a Loco Roco game on PSP. That's the big ball thing, isn't it? That you like, you shift from left to right with the left and right buttons on the PSP. No uh, PS One or PS Two games this month, because uh, last month when this thing launched, it was like Toy Story and Abe and Jumping Flash and all that bunch of other games. Uh, a few people have said, like, is this cause for concern that, okay, we're only going to get two classic games and they're not guaranteed to even be PS1 games? Because to me, I don't, re- I don't really consider PSP games to be classic ones. I consider, out of out of PlayStation's entire lineup, I consider PlayStation 1 and 2 to be classic. I don't actually consider PlayStation 3 to be classic either. Um, Rob, but what do you make of, like, no PS1 or PS2 games included um... here? Honestly, I would think that those games would be so hard to port over to uh, modern consoles that I don't see really a whole lot of value in it. Um, If they can do it and they choose to do it, that's cool. I'm never going to knock getting free stuff. But that's one of those things that 
honestly, how much demand is there for... I mean, there's always going to be some games that are going to be super high in demand, but it's not going to be the entire catalog. Mm. And if they happen to go a couple, three months without it, uh, I'm not upset. I mean, if you look at the, frankly, sad offerings the last few months for games with gold, I mean, we don't even talk about it anymore. (laughs) Um, It's so bad. Um, They're still offering because the whole line of the console, even though the hardware was better, the technology improved, it was still the same encoding. So getting it to move from console to console to console wasn't that hard for Microsoft to do, which is why they are doing it. Um, If they had to um, really put effort into it, they probably wouldn't have done it, or they would have done better games for it to make it more of a value. Hmm. Uh, There's a reason why the PS3 games that do come on there are either emulated or streamed and they're not downloaded mm. because of that hardware encoding. Yeah. Yeah. See, there was a, there was a rumor, um, I think about a week or so ago of, of Dino Crisis, which is a PS1 game being added. And there were loads of people in the comments being like, please add Dino Crisis, please add Dino Crisis. We miss this game. We love this game. And Dino Crisis is something I've never actually played. So I, I I'm not like in or out of that fan club whatever if if i played it and i liked it then that'd be great but uh, again that's one where sort of like oh dino crisis people seem to love this game um i would like to to try it uh, and there was loads of people saying that like, oh the nostalgic memories and they were posting screenshots of the old game and like clearly people wanted that um and there were people saying like hey can you please add metal gear and all this other kind of stuff as well so there's, there's a big demand for it um and I'd like to try some of those games. I, I'd like the Tomb Raider games to be added back on there as well because, man, that rewind feature would be such a better way to play those Tomb Raider games. Uh, like, hey, you fall or a boulder kills you, rewind 20 seconds and try again. And it, and it loads instantly. Um, one thing I really, really loved about playing Siphon Filter and Toy Story was, because even though I can minimise the game and suspend my PlayStation... If I closed one of the PS1 games, you can boot up the game, and while the splash screens are coming up, so like the dev names and all that sort of stuff, you can press pause, go to load, click on the thing, and it takes you in there straight away. And uh, I, I just think that's a that's a pretty perfect way to play those those games. Plus, as it like a lot of those PS1 games are built for specific difficulty. And the rewind feature is a really, really good way around that. Like, if I miss the jump in Toy Story 2, and it's like, oh no, i got to climb on this chair and then that thing. Nope, just rewind, like, 20 seconds. Which, I know people look at it as technically cheating, but it's a feature on the thing. So, you know, it's it's there to be used. It's not like you're hacking the game or anything. Um, but no, people seem to really, really want <coughs> Dino Crisis on there. Uh, which I think is a Capcom game. Uh, people have been asking Capcom to, like, remaster it or whatever, but... You know, you add that and you'll you'll make people pretty happy. So, but no, unfortunately, no PS One or PS Two games this month. But hey, I'll be focusing on whatever new game I get, and I'll be playing Stray anyway. So, there is that. That's for the month. We're not going to do that every single month. I think if there's like some noteworthy stuff, we'll we'll do that. Or if the news is a bit quieter, like it is at the moment, we will uh go with that. Uh, talk about some Call of Duty stuff. This is my last section. Because um, we've got Modern Warfare 2 news and some news regarding Call of Duty 2024. Remember that Call of Duty is going to be skipping next year because Modern Warfare 2 is going to get two years worth of content, which sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. 
Um, so this again was I follow this like Call of Duty uh, Informer account, which they haven't got anything wrong so far. So this isn't completely all confirmed, but this is very very reliable stuff and most of this stuff is probably going to be in this game anyway so it says confirm game modes for call of duty modern warfare 2 this is for the multiplayer this has got nothing to do with warzone uh ctf which is capture the flag ground war gunfight bounty kill confirmed cranked cyber attack which i'm very very glad is is back um demolition dom what is dom try to think what dom is uh infected ffa Hardpoint HQ, which is obviously headquarters, Knockout SND, which is Search and Destroy, uh, TDM, which is Team Deathmatch, and All or Nothing. What would DOM be? Because I was looking at this this when this came out earlier in the week, and I was like, what's CTF? And I was like, oh yeah, Capture the Flag. Uh, HQ is obviously um, headquarters. Um, SND is definitely Search and Destroy. TDM is... Uh, oh, FFA is probably Free for All, which is just... 10 people, I think it's 10 people in the lobby, first to 30 kills or the most kills in, in 10 minutes. Um, capture the flag, I, I don't like capture the flag, I, I was in a lobby doing that the other day with somebody and I was like, this is really not great. <laughs> um, essentially you have two flags, one's yours, one's the enemy's, and you run up to that flag, you capture it, you run it back to yours and you get a point. It just, it, it, it didn't work for me, and I've played capture the flag before, but I was playing with a friend, so... I thought I'd uh, give it a quick shout. Which the funny thing was, we had a full team of six. We played Capture the Flag. And we'd finished the game. And none of us really sounded excited by it. And the party leader was like, should we switch to a different game mode? And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to switch to a different game mode. So we did that. Uh, Ground War, which is sort of like a smaller version of... Um, it's Warzone-esque. It's basically just objectives, but in a really, really big map. Um, Bounty, I think, is a new one. Uh, Cranked is a new game mode. I don't know what that is. Cyber Attack is what I regularly play, which will probably be the only thing that I play here. Apart from the odd game of um, Free For All. I'm trying to think of what DOM is. Um, that's the one that I'm not quite... Because uh, game modes beginning with D, Demolition's one of them. Demolition's basically... There's a bomb which takes like a really, really long time to detonate and you after it's the first to blow up the two of them i think um it's it's a fine game mode it's nothing like fantastic though can you think of what dom might be i don't know but then again i don't play those games yeah at all so i wouldn't even really have a, a basis of uh guessing yeah yeah because i'm trying to think of game modes that i know and, and unless that's a new game mode that i don't know about yet i just can't think of what that one would be um yeah, but yeah, I'll mainly be playing Cyberattack as long as I got that in the game, and they'll probably have things like free for all. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, so not much else to talk about there. Um, Call of Duty 2024 news. So again, as I said, Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 will be this year's game for 2022. That will be in November, no October 28th. Uh, the beta is starting in September, I think. Uh, Call of Duty will be skipping next year, which will be the first time in like 20-something years, because Modern Warfare 2 is getting two years of content. Then when we get to 2024 in two years' time, uh, it says here, developed by Treyarch, uh, it appears that COD 2024 uh, will be set in the 1990s, and it says potentially the Gulf War. I'm not completely familiar with that war. Uh, and it says stay tuned for Modern Warfare 2 and COD 2024. 
news. Are you familiar with what war that was? Because I'm not. The Gulf War was the uh, first time America had to go into Iraq and sort some shit out it was back in 90... What, when was it? Um, this 88? This is not so... Yeah, it's the early 90s, I know that much. It was uh, George H. Bush was the president for that, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so apparently it'll be set by then. Let's look at some comments and some feedback and stuff. And a lot of people had the same consensus, which is... Can these games, apart from Modern Warfare, which is... Well, it's in the name, isn't it? Modern Warfare is always going to be set in modern day. Can these COD games stop going back to previous times? Because you had the last two COD games, which are Vanguard and Cold War, which were set like back in the day. I think Vanguard was World War Two game, and Cold War was obviously during the Cold War, but they still weren't modern. And I, I like the thing is for me with COD. Because you've got Sledgehammer, I think it's Sledgehammer that do the other ones. You've got Treyarch and then you've got Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward does the uh, Modern Warfare games. I, I only need... All, all I would like from COD is Infinity Ward to make a Modern Warfare game every three years, let's say. But during those three-year periods to give, you know, new weapons, new maps, you know, that, that type of stuff. New operators or whatever. Uh, and that sort of thing. And then to literally have like a so to, so if you refresh Modern Warfare every three years, so you update the gameplay, you do some you know you update the bells and whistles essentially, uh, which is what Modern Warfare Two looks like it's going to be, and you do sequels to the stories and and that type of stuff. I I don't think I'll ever have a hankering or a want to go back to like old World War stuff, whether it's this Gulf War or the World War Two stuff or Cold War. I don't like my personal take. I don't really want shooting games from that time. Even if it's, I mean, unless it's something outside of COD that is like a different story-based thing. But we've just had like so many games from that point that because you look at some of the more successful shooting games today, right? You've got Halo Infinite, which is obviously futuristic. You've got Titanfall and like Apex Legends, which is futuristic. You've got Modern Warfare. Which is obviously modern. You got things like Fortnite, which is more, more sort of like fantasy, if anything, um, but like modern day-ish kind of stuff with with modern weapons, right? I know you've got like different characters and stuff in Fortnite, but the weapons are all pretty much modern. Um, it's usually at the moment the successful third and first-person shooting games are all either modern stuff, slightly off-the-wall stuff, or futuristic things. Um, and I think Activision needs to maybe look at that. Because um, although Vanguard sold really, really well, I think it was the best-selling game of last year, which was incredible considering it came out in November. It wasn't well-received, people didn't like the campaign, and the game itself wasn't very good from like an actual technical standpoint. Uh, the shooting was like really weird and, and everything like that. Um... Yeah, what, what do you make of, like... I know you're not a first-person shooter type of person, but what do you make of the sort of shooting... Um, games at the moment and sort of what's doing well and what's not. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the future aspect part of it because then you get to have all kinds of like really cool, crazy, mm-hmm. innovative weapons to play with. Um, I can kind of understand the historical aspect. Like if you knew somebody that was part of that, um, like my senior year of high school, uh, my friend who was in the Army it was over in Gulf War 
in the Gulf War for uh, Operation Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Came back and he's like, yeah, we were just uh, out there and Saddam Hussein set fire all oil fields. So you're watching, you know, 50 foot high flames every 20 feet for as far as the eye can see. And it's just like, ooh, wow, that's weird. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, the past, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, like I've said several times, I just don't play shooters. So it's not really yeah. a frame of reference that I have to even comment on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens with COD in 2024, but hey, we have a good game to focus on in a few months' time when uh, Modern Warfare 2 comes out, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, Alright, that's all I've got for this week. Robert, how about yourself? Uh, well, first up, a uh, software company, Unity, that we've ca- talked about a couple of times for mm-hmm. various things on here, announced it has entered into an agreement to merge with Iron Source. If you don't, according to the company's statement... If you don't know Iron Source, they bring they bring a proven record of helping creators focus on what creators do best, bring great apps and user experiences to life while enabling business expansion in the app economy. Iron Source, however, is well known for another reason. It developed Install Core, a wrapper for bundling malware software instructions. If you search for a popular program and seen a link to a third-party site with a URL that in it, something like download b.net or hdownload.net, more than likely that was install core. If you've made the make- mistake of downloading that third-party link, you'd be offered all-, all kinds of extra services with generic names like RegClean Pro or Driver Support. Um, things that stop Windows Defender and malware bytes. It also installed a bunch of malware, adware, just junk that would really tank out your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, IronSource in 2015 actually merged with Supersonic, developer of an in-app purchase platform, and pivoted from Installgore to in-game ads. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reports that Unity has agreed to pay $4.4 billion for IronSource. It's the latest in a string of partnerships and acquisitions for Unity, which included, included buying VFX Studio, Weta Digital for $1.6 billion, and two weeks ago, it laid off hundreds of employees as two uni spokesperson told us to realign some of our resources, which is when we were talking about last, was the massive layoff. Uh-huh. Okay. So I don't know what they're doing, but it's not making people happy. Nope, nope. Doesn't sound like a good idea to merge with something that is responsible for a certain type of malware. Um, now, when I go... Yeah. Huh? I said that would be like Microsoft hiring back Don Matrick. <laughs> well, to make a TV show. <laughs> to, well, yeah. for anything. To, yeah, to for mop the anything. floors. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, where is he these days? Does nobody know? I know he went to Zynga back when Facebook games were a thing. Uh-huh. I don't know what he's done past that, and I truly do not care. Mm. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, good old uh, Don Matrick. Boy, that was a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, with the uh, with the Xbox One reveal, I remember a comment, a really stupid comment he, he made, and because you know Xbox One was going to have that like always online thing, and I remember in mm-hmm. an interview he was asked like, "Hey, if people can't connect to the internet, what do they do?" And he said, "Play an Xbox 360." Yeah. Like, what? Why would you? What? But then you can't play the Xbox One games that you're selling, <laughs> like at the time, Rise Son of Rome. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a great game, by the way. Rise Son of Rome's. Well, what I don't know what happened to that franchise, but they definitely should have made a sequel. So, um, but uh, oh, I remember, like, 
it's uh yeah, it's a shame that people make dodgy stuff like this and people put QR codes out there for things and all that type of stuff. Whenever this sort of thing comes around, right? Because I have a, I have a specific example I'm going to talk about in a minute with something as well. Um, I do feel sorry for the elderly that are less informed. I'm not saying stupid. I'm not saying stupid people. Just like the, the elderly that aren't quite like up to date with you know today's technology and QR codes and all that sort of stuff. Because um, one of my um, mum's friends who I've helped out with a few things, like I uh, we got her a Roku box so that she could watch like on demand TV so that she wouldn't miss stuff, you know, that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, helped her out with like phone problems. She's got her son that lives with her. He has like different phone problems and stuff. Not nothing like massive and like setting up the broadband or anything. Just sort of like little issues here and there that I've kind of help them with or if they've had to have like their tv retuned and stuff i'll pop around there for 10 minutes um they're only kind of up the road and they're they're really really nice people so i actually like going around there um and she had had a uh <coughs> excuse me she had a uh, letter the other day and because we got this cost of living thing going on in the uk the government has decided to give people certain amounts of money different money for like different people on different stuff and she was given this letter that said like Hey, if you sign up to this thing online, you can get your money back, or you can wait for us to give it to you. And so, just bear in mind, just for for context for anybody, because I've talked about these people before. I won't say like their names or whatever, but um, I've talked about them before. And uh, this woman is in in her nineties, and her son is well younger than I don't know how old her son is, but obviously younger than that. But um, and on the letter that she was sent. It said you can either um, go to this website and fill out the details or you can scan the QR code. And I saw that and I thought, okay, I don't know if this energy company knows how old this woman is. But you can't really be sending like elderly people like that QR codes. Uh, I mean, that's a that's kind of a bit more of a model. I'm not saying old people are stupid. It's just I don't expect them to understand. They don't have the experience. Yeah, yeah, of like... And and they've got like basic phones. Like you're not going to expect them to open up an app for a QR code and use that and you know do all that. You just you don't expect elderly people to do that. Um, we sorted the situation out basically on the letter. It just said, hey, if you don't sign up with this or that or whatever, um, we'll give you the the money back. And they just decided to do that. I I, I discussed it with them, um, because on the because I opened the QR code on my phone. And it asked me to sign up with like a direct debit and stuff and they didn't want to do that and whatever. So, um, but unfortunately, you know, sometimes elderly people like that or people that are just say a bit less informed technology wise, you might get sent an email that says to you like, hey, you are, you owe us so and so money and you should click on this link and fill out so and so. And it's obviously a, a crafty way to scam people and to get money out of people and to do whatever. Um, and it's a shame that these these things exist, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, this thing that's going on with what you mentioned is uh, it's not good. It's not good. I know that you yourself used to work in like a phone store, and you told me different stories and that. So um, yeah, what do you, what do you and make it, of this? that was always the approach I had when when doing tech support was that very invariably somebody said I I'm stupid, and I'm like, no, you're inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. If you've never had a smartphone. You, and you don't know what pinch and zoom is, that is, you're not stupid. Now, if you call for phone support and you don't have the phone on you and you're driving, then that's stupid. 
um, because what am I supposed to do if you don't have the phone? How am I supposed to support it? Uh-huh. And they're always just like, um, or, uh, um, or, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Error 404 not found. Um, usually. And some of the, like, if we ever get to that point where we're doing, like, podcast stuff, um, and where it's you, me, and Bex, and David, and Gray, and whatnot, I might bring out some of the truly stupid stories I've had to deal with. This is, like, the normal stuff. Um, if we ever uh-huh. do like another big podcast, I'll bust out one of the "this is my go-to story that I tell" story. Mm. But we don't have time for that here. Right, right. Yeah, if we do another um, topics type podcast, you can certainly put it in there. Um, we'll try and sort that out. I still want to try and sort out. I need to remember to message well everybody, but including you as well, because I mm-hmm. still want to do that big Arrowverse episode. So, um, anyway, uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Well, it's been. It was reported a couple days ago as unconfirmed. It has officially been confirmed. Uh, Bandai Namco was the victim of a ransomware attack. The official statement on July 3rd, 2022, Bandai Namco Holdings Incorporated experienced an unauthorized access by third party to the internal systems of several group companies in the Asian regions, excluding Japan. Uh, we after we confirmed the unauthorized access. We have taken measures such as blocking access to the servers to prevent the damage from spreading. In addition, there is a possibility that customer information related to the toys and hobby businesses in the Asian regions, again excluding Japan, was included in the servers and PCs. And we are currently identifying the status of about existence of leakage, scopes of the damage, and investigating investigating the cause. Uh, Bandai Namco goes on to say it will disclose the results of its investigation as appropriate and worked on strengthening its security. It ends by offering our sincerest apologies to everyone involved for any complications and concerns. Now, after this was uh, confirmed, a hacker group known as Alf V um, claimed credit for it. Uh, in the uh, article, it says Alf V is a double extortion group. They lock the machines to disrupt operations and also extra extricate data the goal is to apply pressure to force the victim to pay so regardless they can resume operations they do not want company secrets exposed embarrassment is only a small piece of the puzzle however it is bad publicity to see um a russian cyber call tell openly disclose a breach but knowing that it can also leak sensitive data or proprietary data is far worse um it's not confirmed but Estimations put the hacker group at 25 people. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, unfortunately, these things happen. Um, we hope that more terrible went, people uh, being terrible people. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunately a day and age that we live in. Um, so uh, it's not. Uh, it's not nice. So hopefully they're able to uh, recover from the situation and that. Hopefully things aren't too affected. Um, of course, when you are a big company like that, and you've got lots and lots of information. Um, I mean, I remember when uh, I think it was CD Projekt Red got um, yeah. hacked, or I can't remember the exact term of what happened to them, but something happened to them as well. So, uh, of course, that was for stupid reasons, which because you know people were mad that they hadn't patched the game, and it's like, what's also weird about that is like, okay, you want a company to patch a game so that it can be in a better state for you to play it. 
So you decide, like, I'm going to hack this company and steal their data. Like, what? That's not going to help them at all. That's going to just harm them yeah. even further. So, yeah, listen, listen. And sadly, that's a very common, that's a very, very common mindset. I remember back yeah, yeah. in 2009, back when uh, Notch's Minecraft was still a relatively new game, and it was still literally only him coding in his basement. Somebody hacked his system because he wasn't updating enough updating it fast enough for the, the hackers liking. And it, like I said, this is when he was literally a company of one. So yeah. that is sadly not the newest mindset. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. That just doesn't make any sense. You want a developer to make something better. So hacking them and wasting their time by doing that is not going to help, of course. So uh, any thoughts on this thing here? With uh, no. And it's gotten to the point to where, um, this is just going to be a common thing because yeah. the the biggest security flaw is always going to be people. Um, I work for the state. I can't get into too much details uh, for privacy reasons, obviously, but they do fairly regular checks on people to make sure that they're not being stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I can't say how and why and what, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but they are, well, not scheduled because they go out to random people at random times, but they are consistent. I mean, I... I work in IT, and I've gotten four of these tests myself. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I passed them because <clears throat> I didn't know they were coming. But I knew it, it's it's one of those that if you look at it, it becomes very clear that it's a test, mm-hmm. and you just you just do it and go on. If you're not paying attention, however, that's when things get going. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about this week? Uh no, that's all I could find that <coughs> I was interested in talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, let's get in some emails, some feedback. If you, of course, would like to write into the show uh, to either discuss anything that we have or anything that you want to discuss, any questions, comments, thoughts, all that type of stuff uh, to write into, you can do that by writing into Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. There's also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes Harrison returns and says it was very interesting hearing Matt break down what happened with Activision studio mismanagement when do you think it'll stop uh once the uh, the uh acquisition happens with uh, Microsoft I think that's when it will stop um it, it it's so funny to me the p- amount of praise that Warzone gets and those, I mean, if you want to play Warzone and it's free to play and you want to enjoy it and you want to have a good time with your friends, I'm not knocking that at all. It's a game that you want to enjoy on your system with your friends. There's, you know, can't take anything away from those. But, like, the praise that Warzone gets, I, d- I don't think, I actually don't think certain, even certain COD players realised what damage that has done to the studio mismanagement and Call of Duty itself, like the actual thing that we try, the actual series and franchise that we try to enjoy. Because um, as I mentioned, I think it was last week when I was sort of breaking things down, the exact moment when it was clear that things were changing, which was when Toys for Bob were moved off of Crash games and they were moved to work on COD. And it was like, what? Um, and that that was when the first of the dominoes fell and yeah. everything else has just sort of happened since because um, there were people at the time being like oh that's weird why would you move toys for bob like oh we're not getting any more crash games like what's you know there was there wasn't worry there was more confusion at the time 
And when I'd seen the numbers that Warzone was doing and what was happening with COD, and like, oh, they've been moved over to Warzone, okay, so that they can support the cash cow. Which is odd because COD is sort of two cash cows because the games themselves, the actual sales of the game is still a cash cow, but Warzone is as well. Um, so yeah, but in terms of when I think it will stop, um, whenever somebody can replace whoever's making these decisions, because I don't know if this is all Bobby Kotick, right, or whoever it is, whoever the executives are, or the people in suits, so to speak, who are making these decisions, when those people get replaced. Um, yeah, so if you want better management, you get better managers, it's simple as that. Yeah, yeah, um... And when you can put people in place that will go, hang on a minute, what's going on here, sort of thing. Um, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully that can happen. I mean, I don't know how long this Activision Microsoft thing will take, but I think it will be when that happens. Um, to me, as long as they don't mess with Infinity Ward, Call of Duty will still be okay. Um... Because if news comes out that they've moved like one of the COD studios, like one of the core Sledgehammer, Infinity Ward, or whatever, then that's going to be like, okay, you're really doing some weird stuff. So uh, there's that. Uh, Ryan says, I've been playing uh, through some of the Saints Row games. Do you like them? Um, no, I don't really like Saints Row uh, myself. Uh, if you've been enjoying them, that's that's great. Of course, if you've assuming paid for those games in some way shape or form whether it's through game pass or whatever um as we said you know if you put money towards a game and you end up liking it i'm glad that you do uh, but you asked if we like them um i remember playing saints row one or something which was one of the more grounded versions because those games have gone like off the rails <laughs> kind of thing a bit like what assassin's creed has done um and it it just felt to me at the time Again, I've only played like one of them. I didn't feel the need to play the others. And then I'd looked at what some of the others were and I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, it just felt like a bit of a cheap Grand Theft Auto knockoff, which was nowhere near as good. Um, and that's when I decided to kind of stop. So, uh, have you played any of those before? I forget. <laughs> I mean, I've seen them. Uh, I'm familiar with them. I, yeah. I've always admired their ability to go full mental with it right almost fantasy yeah well not even so much fantasy it's just like having a weapon called the beat where it makes people dance and then they all die when you drop the beat Uh and then having a uh, four foot long purple penis as a weapon sword and then actually selling that as a promotional item yeah just embrace the insanity go for it um Mm -hmm. i'm i do i honestly don't know if i've ever played him or not huh and they're, they're, they're such memorable games, but then again, I have a terrible memory, so... Uh, yeah, there's quite a few of them now as well. Obviously, they've been around yeah. for a while. But I mean, um, I'm sure I own one or two as part of, like, Games with Gold. Right, Invariably, because right. you invariably own anything with Games with Gold at this point. Uh-huh. Um, mm. Yeah. Do you remember what Games with Gold, when they put that snooker game out, like, four months in a row? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. I was sort of randomly thinking of that the other day. So I was thinking about... I think I was at work and I'd read the newest games with gold or something. Something like that happened. And uh, my mind had, like, cast itself back to when they offered that, like, five months in a row. It almost almost started becoming a meme. I can't remember what the game was actually called, oddly enough. Even though I've probably seen that title so many times. Um, 
but that was that was almost kind of funny. So, but no, uh, no, I don't really like the Saints Row games. I'm not sure about the new one either. I've seen some like gameplay stuff from it. It just doesn't look great. So, yeah, which is interesting because that's a franchise as well that I'd look at and think eh, if he rebooted this, that might this might be interesting. And they have rebooted it, and it still doesn't look interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beth writes in lastly and says, uh, well, not lastly, I just put her email at the bottom, no particular reason. Uh, Beth says, I noticed Matt has a dedicated Last of Us podcast, and I like it a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, notice that you haven't covered Last of Us 1. Will you be doing, uh, will you be doing that when the remake comes out? Uh, yes, I will be doing a, um, full, uh, probably a World of the Last of Us labelled, um, uh, review for the game. I mean, in terms of me giving that, like, a must-play or whatever, it's obviously a must-play. It's the Last of Us 1 anyway, so... Um, I don't need to do one of those styled reviews. I'll probably do a um, World, of, World of the Last of Us podcast. Uh, it would probably be called something like the World of the Last of Us, um, the Last of Us 1 remake review, or it'll be something like that, I think. So, But yeah, that will be in September. I'm looking forward to that. Um, some people have said about that as well, like, why haven't we seen any gameplay? And while that's kind of a strange thing to ask for, because we know what the game is... Um, I, I think what people have been kind of asking for is like, okay, Neil spoke about like, okay, this is going to have like the gameplay implementations from 2, so we just want to see what that looks like, and I kind of do as well, um, so we'll see if we get that at some point, because uh, the game's out in two months, so um, we shall see, but no, I'll be I'll be covering that, it's just when I started the Last of Us podcast, um, uh, it was because I really enjoyed 2 and I wanted to dig into things more and then the, the TV show news came around so I sort of like tied that into to that but no I'll be covering the uh, the first game um, I'll probably as well because I kind of know the story of the Left Behind DLC but I've not actually played that so I may even do those as two separate reviews as well uh, the Left Behind DLC thing um, and then at some point we'll get a trailer for the show um, I'll talk about that, uh, and then the episodes at certain point. I'm guessing maybe early next year. Um, when is uh, Comic Cons this weekend? Isn't it? Because they got the Marvel um, panel this weekend. I I think. Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't really seen anything on it. Yeah. I don't know how much of it is virtual or if any of it is in person. Um, yeah, I haven't really seen any news of it at all, which is mm. kind of weird. So, I know the Walking Dead panels in like five days or something. That's going to be part of it. So I- I'm assuming maybe we'll get a trailer because Neil did say at the Summer Game Fest that like we'll see something from it really, really soon. I'm guessing it was hinting towards Comic Con, um, and mm-hmm. it will make sense to you know that's a TV and film news time for things. So uh, maybe now, do- it would be interesting if we got a trailer for the TV show they've been filming. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. much of that's been done. Yeah, I think they've wrapped up filming now. I, I know Neil wrapped up filming a little bit earlier than the others. I don't know why, but then Craig Mazin, who's also there, um, they said that he'd wrapped up uh, for for season one. I don't know if they got to do reshoots or whatever, but surely out of the footage that you got, you can make a two minute trailer or something. Mm-hmm. So when we'll get our uh, first proper look at the show, so. I'll be covering that, and then whenever we get the episodes early next year, maybe I'll obviously do the weekly reviews of that. So, yep, that's how all that's going to go. Very much looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, stray on Tuesday. Uh, looking forward to that. In the meantime, between now and then, I'm just going to be doing other podcasts and Westworld and Better Call Saul and 
Umbrella Academy. Uh, Stray comes out. We'll be talking about that next week. Um, and we'll see how things go. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. You can, of course, find the rest of our podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, as for TV, games, films, and May United podcasts, I need to do a United cast preview soon as well because we do start a new season soon. It's just awkward because we haven't got all the players we've supposed to be going for. So um, pre-season started, so I'll, I'll do a preview at some point for that. There's a few things to discuss there, so look out for that as well. I'll be on half-term soon as well, so... Uh, I'll have a bit more time to do certain things, which will be good. Uh, so, cut for that. So, yeah, entertainmenttalk.org, uh, podcast platforms, entertainment talk, TV, games, films, main night podcast. Take a look at that. If you want to support entertainment talk on the podcast, you can either just listen to more episodes. There is plenty of them in different categories for different things. So, look at all of those. Uh, you can uh, tell other people about what we're doing simply by just saying, hey, there's this thing called entertainment talk, and you can find it here, and they do these things and whatever whatever way you want to tell people uh, social media of course you can share the episodes around on your social media platforms of choice there's plenty of those as well uh, patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers for the free podcast review options you can have a look at that as well if you'd like to uh geektown.co.uk uh, geektown radio is on hiatus probably until david comes back from holiday but he has been posting tv and film news still uh, renewals cancellations trailers all that sort of stuff uh, take a look out for that that's geektown.co.uk uh, for twitch content you can find bex on twitch streaming very regularly retro games chat streams uh tomb raider and things that she's doing uh trista b-y-t-e-s that's where bex is streaming at the moment you can also find me streaming every now and again on twitch at etalk uk for my different gaming streams i might do something for stray as well don't know when that will be but to have a look out for that and if you miss any of the streams or the fifa career mode episodes there's a new one that i put up yesterday and a whole bunch of game clips as well that i put some new ones up as well and uh, that's all up to date and archived at the moment sort of career mode episodes the streams and the game clips you can find all those archived on youtube entertainment talk plays thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>